Let's pray together. Our Father, we're grateful for who you are. Uh, Lord, we come before you uh, asking for your spirit to enable us to see your truth for your glory. Uh, That is our prayer. Awaken us to you, for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There have been several men throughout history who have tried to take over the world. You can name some of them probably. We've seen world dominations as a a game plan for military leaders. Some that are well known such as Napoleon or Philip the Great, even Hitler and others. The brain, from Pinky and the brain. But I have a question for you that's today. That's all in the past, right? So today, today, if I asked you, are you, are you at war or at peace? Maybe I should rephrase that question. Are you a soldier or a civilian? A question that may be worthwhile for you to think through. Is your mentality that of a soldier or is your mentality that of a civilian? And I hope that your response would be, well, it depends. And and your mind would go to which, which front are you talking about? Which, which battlefield am I referring to? And that would be the right question because there is a battle going on every single day. And whether we acknowledge that battle or not is one thing. And whether we engage in that battle or not is even another thing. This morning, I would like to, if I may, point your attention to a wartime mentality that I believe we find in the New Testament. And I believe it's important for us to recognize that there is a battle going on. And the question that we must answer almost necessarily daily is, will we engage in that battle? If you have your Bible, I would like to invite you to open up to Acts chapter 16. That is primarily where we'll be. Uh, And then we'll move on to the book of Philippians. We are walking through the Bible together as a church. Uh, We are nearing the end of the Bible that began with creation. Subsequently by the fall. And then we've walked through the plan of redemption that the Lord has worked out through the entire Old Testament and even into the New Testament. And and now we are in that kingdom, that final phase, kingdom phase, where the king has come. So for 50 weeks, we have walked through this game plan and we're in the kingdom phase nearly to the end. And, And I want to remind each of us that the kingdom phase is for the king to triumph. 
for the king to make ground, for the king to make progress in this world through his church, through his people, through you and through me. I've mentioned to many of you who've asked me how my last few weeks have been. And I've mentioned to you that I've studied, I've, I've really gone back in time a bit. And I have read some books that I've read years ago and I've reread them and brought them to a, a place of prominence again in my studies. And I want to read to you a few quotes from a gentleman named uh, John Piper. Uh, years ago, I read through his books and I'm rereading through several of them. And I want to read to you something that I referenced knowing I would be preaching this morning from Philippians in the church of Philippi. This was a quote I read and I've quoted years ago to you. I want you to hear it again. This is speaking of prayer specifically. Y'all ready? Prayer is a wartime walkie-talkie, not a domestic intercom for ringing up the butler to change the thermostat. It is a wartime walkie-talkie prayer in order to call in firepower Because the enemy is greater than we are. If you try to turn this into a domestic intercom to bring in another pillow, it malfunctions and you wonder why. It is not. Prayer is not made to be an intercom. It is made to be a wartime walkie-talkie. Elsewhere, Dr. Piper says this. We are at life in the middle of a war. A wartime lifestyle is rooted in a biblical conviction that since the fall of the world into sin, futility, and corruption, war has been going on of the most serious kind between God and Satan. Between God's purposes of redemption and Satan's purposes of destruction. We read in the book of Ephesians, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You recognize that, don't you, church? Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. One of the aims of wartime teaching, as I have represented it, is to wake up the church, especially in the West, that has simply settled into a peacetime mentality with no sense of urgency for the warfare that we are in. I mean, if you took the temperature, the military warfare temperature of the average Western Christian, I doubt it would sound too urgent. And finally, one more quote from Dr. Piper on the same topic elsewhere in his writings. This is where the truth of wartime reality really took root for me and came into my teaching about 30 years ago. The aim of wartime living is not so that we go without, per se, but we are able to accomplish more things by a reallocation of resources from self-gratification 
to mission penetration. That's where it began. Let me read that one more time. The aim of wartime living is not that we go without, but that we are able to accomplish more things by a reallocation of resources from self-gratification to mission penetration. If you want the theme or the idea of what the message is today, those three sections of quotations are, are where my heart is. And as I've read through and taught recently through Philippians to our Wednesday night group, we, we walked through a book where Paul was uh, showed up to Philippi, mangled, beaten, and a broken man because of what he had been through just even getting to the church. And if you ask the Apostle Paul, was he in a battle, he would not have to hesitate and he could say unequivocally, yes. And that is why he writes to us in terms that Eli wrote earlier or read earlier to us from 2 Corinthians. That's why he writes as he does in Ephesians chapter 6 about the army of God. And so I want to place before you this morning a question. For those of you who are following and who are still paying attention, here's the question for you. Are you in the battle or are you in your street clothes? A civilian. Jesus said, if you remember in his scripture, he said, you are either for me or against me. And let me read that to you from Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. Whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me, the action of gathering, meaning there is a specific work being done. Laziness, I do believe, is is not gathering. Whoever does not gather with me scatters. Here's the context. Let me back up from Matthew chapter 12 and give you the full context of that verse. I think it's helpful for you and I. Matthew chapter 12, verse 25. Jesus, knowing the thoughts around him who were very critical of what Jesus was doing and who he was, he said this. Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. You see, Jesus had just cast out demons. And they were accusing him of casting out demons by the power of, help me out. Beelzebub, or the power of evil. And Jesus says every kingdom divided against itself is going to be laid waste. No city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons then cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if by the Spirit of God, it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he does what? Unless he first binds the strong man. Such significance is this statement of Jesus in spiritual warfare That we must recognize it. If one is to come and plunder a man's house, you must first bind the strong man. 
This is military strategy given by Jesus. There is no ability to plunder without a binding of the strong man. Indeed, he may plunder his house. Then, whoever is with, not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. There is an active effort of those who are of a kingdom wartime mentality. And I will say this, and hear my heart when I say it, not as a way to be critical or just run people down, but I will say this in a way to, I hope, motivate any hearer of this message. There are too many Easy-going Christians letting eternity slip away. Again, hear my heart when I say this. This is to ask you and ask me, do I have the right mentality that God has called me to with my Christian service? Am I using my Christianity merely as self-gratification Or am I using the tools that God has given to me to be his spiritual soldier, his Christian soldier? So I want to point you now back to Acts chapter 16 as we look at Paul. Our Sunday school class studied this this morning in a different way. But let me give to you Acts chapter 16. This is the birth of the church at Philippi. Paul has been chased out. He's been stoned at Lystra just even recently. Paul has gone through many difficulties and he continues. He's been rerouted to where he didn't originally plan to go. And the Lord brings him past Mysia down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to go preach the gospel to them. Paul viewed himself certainly as a soldier of Christ. The one bringing it. And as we see elsewhere in the scripture, he saw himself as the one to bring the message where no message had been preached before. No message of Christ, that is. He wanted to lay a foundation that no one else had laid. He said, if there's a message of salvation, I will bring it. It's too valuable not to bring. Church, I want to ask you, does your heart echo thoughts similar to Paul's thoughts? There is ministry. There is salvation to be had. There is eternity at stake. I need to do my part. If not, I ask you, should there be? Did God call us to be self-indulgent merely? Or did he call us to be part of God's military mission? So we get to Philippi and Acts chapter 16, verse 11. And so at this point, I'd like to say, look, this is how it started. 
You know, you've seen some of the memes and, and some of the, the things that are presented to us, how it started, how it's going, or how it started, how it ended. Here's how it started. This is Philippi. Listen to how Paul, what, what Paul addressed as a Christian soldier to begin the church of Philippi. Let me read to you in verse 11. So set sailing from, setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace, and on the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city in the district of Macedonia, where they got that vision to say, come and help us. So they get to Macedonia, which is uh, in, a Rome, in a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And as Jeff taught us this morning, in Philippi, there weren't many Jewish people there. And you know that Paul went to the Jews first in every city that he went. Well, there weren't even enough Jews for a synagogue. So he goes and he finds any Jews in the city. They were gathered that they supposed, which was their tradition, if there wasn't a synagogue, they gathered by the river. So there, or by water. So they go there to the place of water, which is a place of prayer, and they sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. Verse 14. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. Let me draw your attention to that, that the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. Let me remind you as a Christian soldier, you have no spiritual power, Christian soldier. Nobody said amen. You have no spiritual power to change people's hearts. You are, and I are, am a foot soldier in the battle. We are heralds and messengers. One of my favorite Christmas hymns, you know, is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. We are heralds. You know, in different, in, in different military units, there are different positions. There are infantrymen. There are engineers. There are uh, clergy. There are communication ops. Our job in the message in the army of God is that we are the heralds. We are the communicators. Those bringing the message of salvation. And that's what Paul does. And notice here in verse 14 that the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. As communication specialists, you and I herald the message that God has given us in his word. It is not our job to manipulate, to force, to coerce anyone into salvation. The Lord opens hearts for salvation. May we, Christian, do our job of being that herald. May we do the job that God has called us to do, to be the messenger of the great message of salvation that he has given to us to share. Y'all still with me, church? 
Here we get to now the birth of the church of Philippi. And, and remember in Philippians 1, chapter 6, remember how Paul said it. He said, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will do what? You'll see it? He who began a good work will do what? Bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. God is going to finish his work. I don't know about y'all, but if you never go down this hall in our church, if you never go down this hall, I'm, I'm asking for you to go down this hall at some point. There is a, a, a section of pictures hanging on our wall. I think Dennis did that. Dennis do that? Did Dennis do those pictures? No? Who did that? Mickey? Mickey did these pictures. Put them on the wall here, and it's the, the pastors who have served at this church. Now, the, the ones up front in color, those guys are not nearly as important as the ones on the other end in black and white. In fact, you'll find the coolest guy on that board has this really cool mustache. Began a work here in this church in 1907. God is going to complete his work for this church. And here's what I believe, church. As long as we're doing his work, he will sustain his work through us. If we ever stop doing his work, I think he will stop his work through us. So church, it it is up to you and I as soldiers of this cross of Jesus Christ to continue the work. And if you and I don't, I believe he'll send his work to another church to do his work. So church, let's be faithful to be a part of the work he's continuing. Let us have the mindset that we are not here to make church service as comfortable as it could be. In fact, we are here at church services to equip ourselves as good soldiers of the faith. And I didn't get any amens to that, so I'm assuming... We need to keep reading. Y'all had your chance. Amen to that. We could have ended the sermon right there. I'll keep going though. Need more evidence, right? All right, let's get into verse 16 from Acts 16. Paul goes, he begins his church. This is how it began. Go and find Lydia. Conversion to Christian faith. Great news. We have a Christian now in Philippi. She invites them into their house. In fact, she, she, they, she doesn't take no for an answer, is the way Jeff put it this morning. And they're invited into the house. And we pick it up in verse 16. And as we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who, who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling, a demonic spirit. This is spiritual. The battle is raging. Verse 17, she followed Paul and us, this lady with the spirit, and said, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. Sounds good, right? Verse 18, and she kept doing this for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned to her And said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, 
they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace. Here we go again before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing the city. Remember, how many Jews were in the city of Philippi? Not many. So when you can say these guys are those troublemaking Jews, there aren't going to be many to come to their rescue. Verse 21. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or to practice. The crowd joined in doing what? Attacking them. And the magistrates tore the garments off of them and gave orders to do what? To beat them with rods. Now, mind you, this is all illegal, what's going on right now. And I'm not going to be able to read into detail until later in the chapter if you want to go back and look at it. But this is all illegal, what they're doing to Paul. The magistrates tore their garments off and gave them orders to beat them with rods. Verse 23. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Physical things happening to Paul, right? Physical things. Is this part of the spiritual battle? Yeah, because you see, there's overlap, right? I said there's a spiritual battle and we are spiritual soldiers, but that doesn't mean it doesn't cross over into the days and nights of your and my and the Apostle Paul's lives. And so this is what I know that we understand often times, but many times we just neglect it, that there is a spiritual battle going on. And even the things that we might look as completely natural, like getting your third flat tire in two months on the way to church this morning. Is there something spiritual going on? Yes, there is. And there is an active opposition to the kingdom of God. So Christian, if you are an active soldier, if you are a valuable soldier in the battle, do not expect Things not to work against you. If you are not doing anything, Christian, why does there need to even be opposition against you? You know, I, I love football and sports, I mean sports, I, but I, I, I don't often see players trying to tackle people on the sidelines. I've watched a lot of football. And look, I've, I've seen it a couple times, but it's normally not on purpose. It's the, it's the man trying to advance the ball against the other team that gets tackled. So the Apostle Paul, as we see here... There's opposition against him. I wrote this note last night. I'll read it to you. Christianity is not a call to easy street. It is a call to action. It is a call to battle. Are you a civilian or are you a soldier? 
Are you a civilian or are you a soldier? And the second question is, are, are you acting like a civilian as a soldier? Let me give you another battle fall Paul faced. Watch what happens here in verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Remember, they've been locked up and placed in shackles in Philippi. So what do they do? They begin praising God, praying and singing hymns. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were fast unfastened. And when the jailer awoke, seeing that all the prison doors were open, he drew his sword about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had all escaped under his watch and He would have had a torturous death penalty. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. Physical shackles? Yes. Physical earthquake? Yes. Spiritual deliverance? Yes. So this jailer, he hears Paul, verse 29. The jailer calls for the lights. He rushes in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And what is his response? Many of you have read this story before. What's the response of somebody who's felt the earthquake, who saw all the cell doors open, who realizes they haven't left And that now the prisoners are talking to him, not trying to run past him or even take his life. How would you respond to a situation like this? Something supernatural is going on. This is not normal. Right? And so he comes before them. And he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Even the jailer in a city not steeped in any Christianity and with barely a Jewish soul that existed there, only one that was a transplant from a city across the Aegean Sea named Lydia, not even enough people to to have a synagogue, recognizes something more than physicalness is going on. That there is something waging that is supernatural. What must I do to be saved? And I want to show you two things about this story. God's purpose in this event, one, was to deliver his messengers. He had soldiers who had been put in jail and shackled to keep them from proclaiming the gospel message. And the Lord used the earthquake and the miracle to deliver his messengers, but not merely that. Secondly, God used this miraculous deliverance to bring about salvation to the Philippian jailer and his household to begin the church at Philippi. Look at this, verse 31. And they said, what must you do to be saved? What's their response? Help me out, church. Help me out. You see it? Believe in the Lord Jesus 
and you'll be saved. You and your household. It's not just for you. It's for your household too. Believe in Jesus. So this is the message. Hey, soldiers, listen up. Paul and Silas have given us the message to communicate. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Now, now the follow-up question, of course, is in what way do I believe in him? Like, like I believe in Santa Claus? Like I believe in the U.S. government? Like I believe in the mayor? My employer? In what way do I believe? The message is believe in Jesus. And you will be saved. This church is our battle cry. We say the same thing in a little different way around this church. We say Jesus saves sinners that repent. That's the way we say it around here. There is salvation from your sin and eternity in hell for those who repent of their sins and believe in Jesus. If we work it backwards. Believe in the Lord Jesus. This is our battle cry. And I say that because it's not merely a motto, motto, church. I mean, we could put a motto or a slogan in in our handy bulletin here. But, but that is more than, than a slogan. It is a battle cry for us because we are soldiers of the cross. Onward Christian soldiers marching as to war. Verse 32 continues, and they spoke the word of the Lord to them and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour that night, washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once. He and all of his family believed, repented of their sin and came to Christ. Then he showed them up. Then he brought them up to his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed, pisteo, believed in God. Eli read it this morning. I want to read it one more time. Physical situations leading to spiritual transformation. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. You know, if Paul just wanted to be rescued after the earthquake, the the prisoners could have rushed the guards taken his life and gotten to the streets. That, that was one of the purposes of the miracle, remember. But it wasn't the fullness of God's purpose as a Christian soldier. Because that soldier was not the enemy. That soldier, that, that, that person keeping them in jail was the target Of the very message of salvation that they came to Philippi to bring. So I want to stop and take a step back for you this morning. For though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. Let me remind you, Christian. Those around us that disagree with us and our morals and our values. 
those around us who may not think like us today, those who despise Jesus, they may be the very ones that need to hear the message that we cry, Jesus saves sinners that repent. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. It's not easy, but a soldier's life is not a call to ease. We destroy, verse 5, arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. There are lofty opinions raised against the knowledge of God floating around Plaquemine and Addis and Bruley. Constantly. We have a message that Jesus saves sinners that repent that will overcome any argument against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is made complete. Tough start for Paul in Philippi, right? Let's wrap this thing up. Tough start. How it started? Jail time. How it started? Beaten with a rod. How it started? Sitting in jail. Like not a jail like that gets three squares a day. Sitting in a damp, nasty jail. Not, not so hot for the Apostle Paul. How it ended? Philippians. If you have your Bible. How it ended? Probably some years later. Paul writes back to the same people at the same church. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi. With the overseers and the deacons, there's a church now with an overseer, a pastor, an elder. There are deacons and elders in the church. It is an established church now. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Notice the great care he shows. Always in every prayer of mine, for you are making my prayer with joy. Because of your Koinonia in the gospel from the first day until now. The first day. Do you think when Paul wrote this letter back to the Philippians, the first day, you think he maybe thought back to Lydia and the conversion? Oh, I remember when the Lord opened her eyes and she saw it and it clicked. And she said, yes, I believe the message of the resurrected Jesus Christ. From the first day. Do you think maybe he went back to that second or third day? And the pain on his back. And the fetters on his arm. And he says, you are my partners. 
You are those, and, and we know that word, koinonia, we studied it. If you haven't been with us, it's partnership, it's fellowship, it's a gathering together. He saw those who were still at this church where nobody knew Jesus now as his fellow partners. Now, I'll close with this very quickly. I've never served in the military. I'm grateful for those who have, and some of you in this room, grateful for you. But I have been on a team, and I know that on a basketball team, that there is communication, that there is a working together, that there is a camaraderie that comes from being on the same team because we have the same goal, and that is to win the battle. And I do not, I give much less priority, of course, to sporting events than to a real military engagement. But I do think there are some overlay and some things we can gather is this. Christian, hear me this. If you've tuned out, hear me, Christian. You are not alone. Hear me. You are not alone. You are with a body of believers fighting with you. And Christian, let me remind you too, dial in for this. Our job is not to battle each other. It is to win the world for the kingdom of Christ. And so Christian, if you are battling one another, let's chill. Let's relax. Let's remember you are a soldier equipped not against her. Or not against her. You are a soldier equipped for the spiritual battle of Christ. So church, let us go. And let us fight the battle. And let us be willing to endure the cost. But let us be soldiers. Not merely civilians watching others. But soldiers. Jesus prayed for laborers at the harvest. We are laboring soldiers for the cause of Christ. Jesus saves sinners that repent. Let's pray together. Our Father, you have given us the hope that salvation is in none other than Jesus alone. God, we love that message. It has transformed our hearts, our minds, and our lives. Equip us to do the work you've called us to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.